Atlanta sports fans are all too used to hear. Until now. No more negative expectations. No more playing the victim. No more fair weather freeloaders. No more. 38-yard field goal by Morton Anderson. The hold, the kick, it's on the way, it's up, and it's going! From the Mesmerized Studios in Woodstock, Georgia, Believe Entertainment proudly presents Believe in Atlanta Sports with your hosts, Robert Taylor and the Commissioner, Mark Rich. Hello, Atlanta sports fans, and how are you this winter? That's right. Winter is here. It has shown its ugly, ugly head, but... That warm summer weather will be back soon enough. Well, it, it's going to, the worm's going to turn because it always happens. But that being said, welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 32 of Believe in Atlanta Sports. I am your host, Robert Taylor. And across from me, he's got his gear on today, folks. He looks like to me to be in full kitchen mode. And that's the commissioner, Mark Rich, who, by the way, was jet setting around the Southeast this weekend to bring you. All the sports travel news. Dude flew up to Kentucky. Did you come home with a PlayStation 5? I did. PlayStation 5. Came home with a PS5 and a win. And an interesting little caveat from me. A, uh, but we're going to talk about it later. Something I mentioned during the Georgia-Kentucky game that I would like to see happen. Even though it probably won't, we're going to talk about it. Because that's what we do here at Believe in Atlanta Sports. We talk about... Atlanta sports and fan banter, but we don't go crazy. We do. Well, sometimes we do go, we do crazy. go crazy. Sometimes we, uh, we uh, you know, we we get we get Prince up in here and, and and we go crazy. We go nuts. But ain't nobody ever gonna uh, you know stop us. No. no well, no, no. And, unless the fine folks that believe just uh, cancel us. But nobody's canceling us because we're here. If they stop making caffeine, that might. Yeah, I got my coffee. I got my warm cup of coffee going. And anyway, that being said, let's dive right into the deep end of Atlanta sports. And let's start with my favorites, the Atlanta Braves. Well, okay, slow down, Robert. Let's first talk about our international fame. You know, we had some... uh, delays and some pileups and things happen as far as getting the show produced and getting it out in a timely fashion. But if you've been watching over the weekend on all your favorite platforms, we're back on track. We are current with all our episodes. It's only going to get better from here. I promise. I know we've been, we've been hard selling you on this new and improved. Uh, and then, and then we kind of, uh, take a left turn, but I, I promise you everything is as it should be, but Besides our friends in France, you know, you can always kind of look at analytics and people are now from Indonesia. Indonesia has shot up like a rocket, by the way. France is, was up there with, you know, 
40, 50 something downloads. Indonesia is right there with them now. And I think this is probably our friend Mr. Sellers' influence from being over in New Zealand in the Australia area for I hope a while. He's been over there hyping us up. I didn't ask him about it yesterday when I talked to him. He was at the the Chiefs Chargers game. I know. I saw the post on Facebook. I watched that game. It was pretty good. I didn't see it all the way to the end. Uh, but Australia and New Zealand. That's why I'm I'm thinking uh, Mr. Sellers had an influence over there because he was gone for a month. The Republic of Brazil. And that's just a short list. There were a few more on there that I didn't scratch down. But I'm just saying, man, we're, we are a big deal. And if you're not in on the ground floor, you're missing out. This thing's going to be huge. And you can tell all your friends and neighbors, man, I knew those guys way, way early in the, in the game. Old news. If we start going, getting real big in Brazil, I'd be willing to do a Brazilian beach volleyball podcast with you. Um, hey, maybe snag you, snag you a wife. Hey, whatever whatever works, man. I just I just really love the game of Brazilian beach volleyball. I'm I'm sure you do for for the sport of it, the sport of it, right? Bra- Nothing else. Brazilian beach <laughs> volleyball. Yes, there's nothing else about Brazilian beach volleyball other than the sport itself. Is it attractive in any way, shape, or form? There's Not they're all completely hideous swamp donkeys. Who uh, you know are not fun to look at. It's no. it's kind of like you have to look away really and just listen to the announcers when you watch Brazilian beach volleyball. They're but, very technically sound. Yes, yes. Uh, so uh, anyway, anyway, the Atlanta Braves. That's where we were going. So I don't know which question I want to pose first or what I want to talk about first. Let's get this one out of the way. So sometime late last week over the weekend, Liberty Media came out. And, and now he has said, and I can't pronounce his last name correctly. His name is Greg. And I'm, it's, I want to say Maffey, M-A-F-F-E-I or Maffei. You just want to call him Greg M for? Yeah, we'll call him GM. GM. So GM, he's the CEO, the Liberty Media president. He has said that, via the Braves, uh, they are going to become a separate, the Braves and the Battery are going to become a separate publicly traded company. Now, you could already kind of like the Packers buy stock certificates, but they're kind of making the Braves kind of a publicly traded, like its own stock. And it's a it's going to be the Braves and the Battery Atlanta, It's and it's going to be called the Braves Group Holding. Now, what does this mean? It literally means you can buy into ownership of the Braves. You can buy shares of the Braves stock. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. Now, this hasn't been approved. But the funny thing to me, and I'm just going to pose this question, because he said it's going to make the team more attractive. And he said the split off would increase the valuation or buyer interest in the team. Does this mean that? Liberty Media may be looking to make a sale and profit hugely off their purchase because they've owned the Braves for a long time. I think Liberty, if I'm not mistaken, I'm almost positive, came into possession of the Braves in the Time Warner deal. When Ted was doing Time and Warner Brothers and all that, the Braves were included in the package, and I think that's where they've been sitting since then. So they were cheap back then. I would even, I don't have the number in front of me. Maybe Mark could uh, look it up or we can find it. But I know they the, the Braves were bought for hundreds of millions. 
and now they're probably well over a billion dollars in in net worth. So it just well, wait, that them and the battery all together. Uh, yeah. yeah, it begs the question: How much would Liberty Media stand to make off the deal? But could it just be that? You know, with another influx of cash, because how many Braves fans do you think would spend money buying shares of the team? Even if they were just small shares, but some people will put in, I mean, it's a cash injection, I would think. I'm not an economic guy. $400 million in 07. So there you go. In 07, Braves, 400 million bucks. They're well, they're worth well over. So he basically, if he sold the team, he'd more than double his money. The valuation right now is $2.1 billion. So yeah. He would stand to make quite a bit of money, and and again, I could be wrong, but I'm th- I'm thinking that, you know, with doing this and, and having people being able to uh, buy shares and whatnot, that you know that would be a little cash injection. I'm not, but again, he also said that, and people, we're going to get into this a little bit too because this is not a thing that's happening, even though fan cited and some other sites would have you lead you to believe this. Uh, he has said they have the money to sign. He has said, and this is the Liberty Media, you know, uh, GM. He's like, we have the money. We're going to be a top five payroll. Everything's cool. Braves country. I, I, he, this guy sees the value in, in the battery and the Atlanta Braves and just what you can do when you put a great product out onto the field. I think it took a long time for Liberty Media to see Braves as, as something more than a tax shelter or a write-off. I think at first – not, I don't think, I think everybody would agree that they didn't pay a lot of attention to Atlanta. No. They were just on the books, and it was a thing that was amongst all their, you know, holdings. But now they see the real value in it. So, that being said, one has to think that pretty darn soon we're going to have Dansby Swanson signed. And no, 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 no. He means no. I mean no. No. The Braves did not send Vaughn Grissom to work with Ron Washington because they aren't re-signing Dansby Swanson. Vaughn Grissom went on his own accord because he's a professional baseball player who saw his playing time diminished. And although he did well in the field, needs some work. He needs some work. He's invested in the Braves. The Braves are invested in him. He went to work out in New Orleans with Ron Washington for no other reason than to get better. Well, this is not a ruse. It's not a, I mean, maybe to some degree, Anthopolis said, hey, might be good to have, but I, no. Well, so the, when I when I saw the article and I sent it to you, I, I literally was reading it like, now what kind of, what kind of idiot would, would read this and be like, oh, they want him to get better because Dansby's going to leave. No, they just want him to get better. Like that's yeah. that's what you do with all your players. You want all of your players to get better. It's not like oh god, we have to send him and Ron Washington to a secured location so they can yeah. practice together to get him ready because we're definitely losing Dansby. Man, the the conspiracy theorists are are rampant right now. Yeah. So I'm just telling you right now, and like, how do I know this? I just know. Okay. I've been watching the Atlanta Braves for a long time. I have seen interview after interview after interview with. All kinds of people have even been fortunate enough to rub elbows and know people that worked within the franchise. I hung out with a guy for years that played on the damn team. I'm not saying I'm an expert. I just know a little bit about Braves baseball. 
and how things work. And this did, this wasn't a let's let's send him down. He's you know no. I'm just saying. So Braves fans, don't worry. There's still because here here's here's what I keep telling myself. Even though when I get a little, well, I mean, is it going to be Trey Turner? Who's it going to be? It's going to be somebody. It is. It is going to be someone. But I always tell myself these days when I don't see anything, the old adage, no news is good news. He hadn't signed anywhere else. He's still just doing whatever. I just, I feel like now you can tell me if I'm wrong because you've been following sports for a long time just like I have. I feel like back in the day they, they dropped more nuggets on you. Just little little blurbs of how things were progressing or how things... Well, because back in the day, everything wasn't shoved in your face. You didn't have... There wasn't... It's gotten to the point where there's so much information at your fingertips and so many outlets trying to put it out there that people are trying to create more information to put out. Does yeah. that make, that's why you get these things that are taking this this information. Fake news, basically. Yeah, you're, take, you're taking the information that Von Grissom and Ron Washington are working together which should be a normal thing. That should be a normal thing that would happen because that's what baseball players do. They try to get better. Ron Washington is a coach of the Atlanta Braves. He is helping a younger player on the Atlanta Braves team get better. Okay, that's normal. But you also have a Dansby Swanson you know, contract that we're all waiting on, so you can take this piece and this piece, and if we, if we turn them just right, we can freak everybody the fuck out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, there's so many people just spinning yarns and, and coming up with fake scenarios. And we're going to we're gonna actually talk about, I don't know if it's a fake scenario, but it's a scenario that's been presented and it's out there. And I spoke to a guy on Twitter about it and I said, you know what? It's not, it's not impossible for this to happen. I don't, I don't like those stupid, I mean, you know it, Fansided's done it a million times. It's make up a fake story. It, it's just fake. Like the, it, it is not relevant it's just fake. They they literally fan sided literally lies. They make up lies and and just. But again, it's the internet. It's clickbait. People see it and they click on it and then they and maybe an ad pops up or whatever the fuck. But well, and it, and it works. It works on us because like you, it, there's so much <clears throat> of this information that you click to see and then you read for a second. And you're like, ah, damn it, got me again. But that's that's what it's designed for. But yeah, you know, and they they pose a lot of 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 random scenarios and you know blind squirrels find nuts every once in a while so one one day one of those random things that they throw out there might stick but it, it it's just a bunch of uh, just weird random information designed as clickbait yeah and i don't know if it if it's detrimental to us because we don't participate in in such nonsense but like the the big atlanta sports stations they do it too they ask these weird questions and weird scenarios and i guess maybe because they're just not charismatic like we are, and they can they can carry a show just by uh, you know tossing around uh, you know sports facts and sports talk, and they got to come up with something to keep people interested. Whereas, whereas us, you're just you're. I know you're glued to the edge of your seat. All of you listening, the scenarios <laughs> sometimes can be fun if you don't base like if you don't try to base them in fact. Like this this is most likely going to happen because. Blah, you know what I mean? Like we're talking about, you know, could Von Grissom uh, be working with Ron Washington because they they know that Dansby is leaving? That is a that's possible. They could know that he could be doing that work, but but those two things aren't like they don't they don't 
directly relate to one another. He would be doing this work no matter what to get better, right? Yeah. Now, if Dansby doesn't sign with us and somebody's like, oh, look, I was right about, you know, Von Grissom and Ron Washington. Well, no, you weren't. You just you just made a statement and that can work out in your to your advantage. And then whatever happens, you can just spin it that way too. Well, here's another reason why it's it's all a bunch of bullshit is because not only are major league executives just that, major league executives, they're politicians. Nobody has come forward, not Alex Anthopoulos, not not anybody, not Snitker, no one in the, in the organization has come out and said, this is what we're doing. You'd be a fool to actually freely and openly admit that we sent Von Grissom to work with Ron Washington, because we're not going to re-sign Dansby Swanson. No. No, even if that's true, and nobody said that out loud, it may have been whispered in a closet somewhere down at the stadium. Right. But no one has heard anyone say, this is why we're doing it. Yeah, that information, you're not going to catch a story of that magnitude leaked on fansided. Yeah, You know what I mean? That's not where that information is going to come out. So anyway, but it's not happening. It's he went because he wants to be better. He's a professional. He wants to get paid. He's a player. He's a gamer. That could, from the first time I saw him swat that ball over the green monster and, and you know and how he celebrated, I, I said that he's a ball player. He's a competitor. You know, he's fiery. He's a fiery competitor who wants to to make his name in the sport. He's a young guy who wouldn't with that kind of talent. So anyway. I'm just saying, for those of you Atlanta bridge jumpers out there who are just uh, singing doom and gloom because you may have seen that story, calm down. It's going to be all right. I was actually talking to Jamie yesterday about Dansby Swanson, too, and it, he was like, man, I'm I'm a Braves fan, first and foremost, and I would love for us to re-sign Dansby. But if we don't re-sign Dansby, I'm still a Braves fan, Sure, and I'm going to be a big fan of whoever we bring in in his place, and and I I hope that that's like the majority opinion. Everybody would really love for us to be able to keep him, but if we can't, the direction of this team is the direction of this team, and that's not going to change. It's gonna, I mean, it'd be weird not to see him in a Braves uniform, but man, it was weird to see Freddie not in a Braves uniform, but everything's fine. Everything's well. The show must go on. Yeah. It's a, you know, anybody says it, it's a business. The show must go on. He'll either be here or he won't. I'm just ready to know. Yeah. And I think that's, that's only it. I'm just ready to know. Put it to bed. I just want to know. So it's done. It's over with. And okay. Well, if he's out, who's next? Who we got? Carlos Correa, Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts. I think Carlos, Vaughn Grissom. Carlos, who, who do we got? Who do Carlos we got? Carlos Correa has the, and I don't know who comes up with these numbers, but the the lowest odds of all of the shortstops to end up in Atlanta. Yeah. Which was weird that that would be a thing that you'd have percentages on, but whatever is what it is. I think Atlanta is uh, now more than ever a prime destination for a lot of people to come play. Man, it should be. Damn well. It definitely should be. It's a great town. It's a great city. I think the fans are slowly improving. There's still some of you mouth breathers out there that just, I don't know what's wrong with you. You you cry every time something doesn't go precisely the way that you think it should go. You you run your mouth recklessly and say stupid things, but whatever. I guess that's every fan base. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to thin it out here in Atlanta. Cause I feel like you've, you've heard me say this. There's an overabundance of fair weather naysaying turds 
in this in this uh, you know community of fans we call Atlanta sports fans. There's some really awful just shit bags. Well, and I can <laughs> tell you, over sorry there. to say it so so gruffly, but it, they they really are. They're awful, terrible fans, and we don't like you. Over the years, though, it, like Truist has become like a a totally different like atmosphere in there. I mean, I remember Turner Field and going in there for Braves Red Sox games, and it being. I mean, it's still packed with Red Sox fans when it's Braves or Red Sox games. But like the, there's still there's more Braves fans coming out. Like the real ones are coming out a lot more. Truist Park is staying full a lot more. Like it, it's it's nice. Well, a lot of that too, I think, uh, is the battery. Before you went down to a Braves game and you tailgated. That's just what you did. There was nothing else to do. And then after the game, if you wanted to kind of mill around, you walked over to that shitty barbecue joint called the Bullpen. It was a dump. That place was a dump. They had some decent food, but still a dump nonetheless. And that was it. If you wanted to hang out in the area, you were calling an Uber or something, or you were driving around half-buzzed from the baseball game. With the battery, you've got the Omni Hotel right there. you got the Marriott. You walk over the bridge. It's right there. So there's places for lodging. God, I got a whole entire community that lives there of apartments. Yep. And now you go down there and you've got shopping, you've got restaurants, you've got nightlife, like you've got all of it there. So sometimes I think people actually go down just to party and then they find themselves inside the stadium because <laughs> yeah, they're just like, fair. hey, you guys want to go in? <laughs> there's a there's a ball game right there. It's pretty easy to get in. Let's get some standing room tickets and go in. So that does help a lot. And speaking of which, uh, there's other, like St. Louis has that similar setup. Uh, and they had the same out in KC, but the Royals have come out and said they're building a brand new multi-billion dollar facility for the Royals. And I don't know why, but I've always kind of liked the Royals to some. I don't know why they've always, I mean, Brett Butler, Brett Butler, he didn't play for the Royals. Oh, come on. Help me out. George Brett. Good Lord. Good Lord. Brett Butler played for the Giants and the Dodgers and the Braves. Anyway, George Brett. And I don't know. I can't. She had a great TV show too. Ned, yeah, uh, you're good there. Uh, I don't. I don't know why. I mean, Ned Yost uh, coached the Royals. Who there's the Braves connection, but uh, you know what? And Sherholtz came from the Royals when he, uh, you know. So I guess that maybe they're just that little bit of connection there is what's got me. Uh, Alex Gordon. I always liked him. I, I thought he was going to be a lot better than he turned out to be. Still, still has had a a very good career, but. I thought he was going to be like Chipper Jones-level type superstar uh, when he came into the league, but he's had a good run. But anyway, again, worth repeating, December 4th, winter meetings. It's coming up quick. We've got Thanksgiving coming up this Thursday, and uh, we will not be here recording a show for you. I, I would say I'm sad to say, but I'm not because it's a holiday, and we're going to sit at home and decorate the house, build a fire, eat some turkey, put the tree up, and, uh, you know, relax. Even though at my old job, I mean, you're off too. Gusson's is closed. But most of the places I worked, with, we were off for Thanksgiving. But it's just nice to to know that uh, I can say, you know what? I'm not doing this. I'll, I'll be at home enjoying time with the family. So, but we'll be back. And we'll be back with stories from our trip to Athens. Probably going to be really boring, though, because we're older now. And we're not going to be out running around in the night getting in trouble. I think there's a place that we're staying at the Howard Johnson out on out on the highway. 
I think there's a like a piano bar there called Ember's Lounge. I might have to check it out. It used to in, be there. In the Hojo? Yeah, in the Hojo, like a separate building. It was like the old school kind of like hotel lounge. Could be closed now. You told me they did a big upgrade to it. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. It It sure looks like it. We'll but, find out. Yeah. I hope we don't get in there and there's like a dead raccoon in the bathtub or something. I'm bringing sheets. <laughs> and we have to come back early, too. Uh, Mark forgot he had to open the store Sunday morning. We were going to check out Sunday morning, but I think what's going to happen now, we haven't even discussed this yet. Mark's just getting it thrown onto him on the air here. That maybe we get out of the game and we we kind of make our way up the up the street a little bit, try to get a Lyft or an Uber because you know it's going to be a madhouse, and then maybe we go back and watch a movie in the room while uh, the hundred thousand people that are trying to exit Athens at the same time, we we play it smart, we work smarter not harder, and we'd wait for the traffic to die down that we check out Saturday evening and ease on down, ease on down, ease on down the road. Like Michael did in the Wiz. Yeah, nobody uh, nobody really wants to sit in that traffic. No way, man. It's miserable. Like, just I remember as a kid going down uh, Highway 78 from Monroe to Athens because that's where I was raised. And Monroe is only about 20 miles from Athens. Maybe you tack on getting down to the stadium, call it 30. So not terrible, but just sitting. It, it, it was a parking lot going to the game and leaving the game. And, and Valerie was like, so what, what are you going to do if Mark's got to work? I said, well, uh, I sent him a meme of uh, Debo saying, you better you better get that shift picked up or get knocked out like your father used to. But that's not an option. So we'll be back Saturday <laughs> night. But we'll be back Saturday night because it's not an option to get the shift covered. But I did it did make me chuckle, and I'm all about making myself laugh uh, day in and day out. I don't care if other people think it's funny if it makes me laugh. I I love it. That's so anyway, I got about. a snicker out of that one. But anyway, so yeah, that's just we're gonna go down, watch Georgia. We're not even gonna preview that game. Here's the preview. Georgia beats the hell out of Georgia Tech again. Georgia Tech just did knock off number thirteen North Carolina at home. So we're getting a real amped up Georgia Tech. Yeah, and we'll just slap them right in the mouth and just stomp them down in the dirt. And I mean they're coming to Athens, they're in our backyard. And, uh, you know, speaking of people getting smacked down, oh, boy. I I don't know. I sent some texts to our friends uh, Justin Hooper and, and Rain Tonkin, and it was uh, Spencer Rattler over the grave of Tennessee throwing up the deuces. But, man, to have – I mean, they debuted the orange helmets and everything, and South Carolina took them out behind the woodshed. They dropped 63 points on Tennessee. Just beat them down. Beamer ball was in full effect, boy. And I, yeah, I don't know how I feel. I, I think in some ways I'm kind of glad because Tennessee fans were starting to get a little uppity after all those terrible years of terrible football and the coaching carousel. They were So this is just a stark reminder that, yes, there's a, a young man. I think he's already worth like $8 million. His name's Nico I don't remember his last name, but he's he's the next uh, stud quarterback uh, at Tennessee. It was a big. Uh, I think he was going to go to USC and he flipped and went to Tennessee. But he's he's the stud in waiting, and I, I just it's a stark reminder of hey, you may be up and comers, but you're not ready yet. It's not time yet. It just reminds me of last year when you know we played 
we played teams that were were ranked or you know it was another team that they were like well this team's going to give Georgia all kinds of hell and watch out for the upset with this team and then we would beat the brakes off of them and it would just have a ripple effect on the rest of their season yeah and I'm not going to say we did this to to Tennessee but we might have we might have had a part yeah, and Hooker and, tore his uh, humbling them. He tore his ACL, so we've seen the last of him. Well, that there, sucks. Never it does. Yeah. That. No. Oh no. 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 I'm definitely, certainly not lauding the fact. It just it happened, and I don't see it because it was the 11th game of the season. There's no way he oh, gets no, a medical. That's a torn or, ACL. He's he's done done. It's too. If it happened like game two, maybe he could have got a medical and played another year. But I think four games is the. Uh, yeah, the max you can do that's to retain uh, any kind of red shirt. I will say this: it's kind of uh, heartbreaking how how the ride ended. It was a great season, oh, yeah. but to have him tear his AC, I mean, it's kind of that can mess with you a little bit. Here's how Tennessee's season ended for those of you that didn't watch the game: their star quarterback tears his ACL, and South Carolina beat the shit out of him. Yeah, they were, but they were getting the shit beat out of them before he went out of the game. They oh were yeah, down I mean, it was yeah when he yeah. got hurt. I watched that whole. I, I watched the vast majority of that game in Malone Steakhouse in Lexington, Kentucky, and there wasn't a person in that place that wasn't cheering. Georgia fans and Kentucky fans. Oh yeah, I mean, just holding know. hands, singing "Kumbaya," and rooting against Tennessee. They so, do not like Tennessee and Kentucky. I, I'm not a huge fan of Tennessee. I mean, of of all the SEC schools, they're pretty high up on my don't. Well. I think it's just some of the people I've ran into over the years that have just talked so much trash about the program and they haven't been good. But I mean, uh, some of my family members went there and, uh, as far as like going to games as a younger man and like running into dirt bag fans, I never did. I always had a pleasant time at tailgates with Tennessee fans. Like if there was a Tennessee tent next to us, we always became neighbors and we discussed the game respectfully without some drunken moron, you know, knocking over the crock pot of chili and being like, all rule, baby. <laughs> it's happened with Florida. Oh, it's yeah. happened with Alabama. Oh yeah. It's happened with Arkansas. Oh yeah. It doesn't but really t- happen with Auburn that much either. Yeah, but I, you know, so I guess in that regard, Tennessee does have some classy fans. I've the times I've ran into really just obnoxious, like that stupid cheer that we do. There, there are a lot of things finer in the land than a drunk, obnoxious Georgia fan. I'll tell you that, and no I'm doubt. sorry, Georgia fans. I am. You know what? I'm not sorry. I am not sorry that some of you are 45 years old still singing "Nothing Finer in the Land Than a Drunk, Obnoxious Georgia Fan." I'm not sorry. You suck. We won't be friends. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I do not like drunk, obnoxious Georgia fans. Don't like them. I I sing it ironically now. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I I just I've never liked it. From the first time I heard it, I was like, that's not, that's not something we should be lauding. That's not a behavior we should be promoting. I'm sorry. And if you're a drunk, obnoxious Georgia fan, you do you. Just don't let our paths cross. I don't want anything to do with you. Go sit in the drunk, obnoxious section. I'll be sitting in the uh, I'm a grown-up section watching a game. That's what I'll be doing. And, you know, that is his what it is. If you turned us off after that, oh, well, you're not listening anymore, so whatever. But I'm just letting it, letting it be known I, I'm I, I'm against that. <clears throat> Since we're on the, the Georgia subject, um, very underwhelming football game. 
very uninspired football from what I saw. It was freezing cold. So, sure, you can add elements into this mix. I just think Kentucky did a fine job. Uh, and, and, and Kirby Smart said it all week. He's like, this is going to be the most physical game we play all year. Kentucky's very tough. They're much better than their record would uh, suggest. Will Levis has been banged up all year uh, with an ankle and a shoulder. You know, they were missing their top two studs on defense and to, and to play Georgia the way they played them. I, I don't I don't think it was Georgia playing poorly so much as Kentucky just, man, they played a great game. They played tough. I I think, man, I, I guess. I guess. I, I'm from the perspective of the inability to get that one yard – I I don't know. It, for me, like great, we get everybody's best game. That's that's fine. But you know, we it seemed like we imposed our will when we wanted to, and then when we really needed it, it was it wasn't there. It just wasn't quite enough. So, and again, I I am fully aware that I may have heightened expectations based on the national championship from last year, and and feel like we need to beat the hell out of everybody that we face. But, you know, this was this was ESPN build this weekend as, like, the statement statement week is what they were calling it. And it just, it was not that. Hey, man, they had, they, they had one of the best victories of everybody. Ohio State, boy, Maryland gave them a scare. Yep. Illinois gave Michigan a scare. Kentucky didn't give us a scare. I, I think they played a great game. And if you're asking the question – uh, maybe not directly, but do I think that Georgia played down to Kentucky? No, I don't. I think Georgia played a good game. I think it was just one of those. They were a big, tough, physical team, and it was cold, and and we we grinded one out. They, um, and that's fair. The running game, man. I don't know something. Stetson Bennett was pissing me off all day. I don't know what it was. I can't. I can't pinpoint it. But he was pissing me off all day long, and I I just don't. Man, I don't know what it was. I mean, he made a stupid Stetson throw. That this that was that was dumb, but I like I just don't understand that entire play. I don't understand why the ball was placed where it was placed. I don't. I couldn't even see on the replay, and then on the replay after that, like where it, if somebody somebody had to be running the way wrong route, like that. I don't. I don't understand how it all how that all went down. But I don't know. We we were just crushing them on the ground, and and we couldn't get anything going. And uh, man, when when stuff like that happens, and then I look at the the box score at the end of the game, and Brock has two catches for ten yards, and you, he sailed Darnell Washington again, mm-hmm. which I don't know why that enrages me so much. Maybe because he's six seven, and he's probably ten feet tall with his arms in the air. I don't know. It just bugs me. Nobody's perfect. It was cold outside. The ball could have been slippery in his hands because it was so damn cold. Like, I, I get it. I just feel like it, it could have been and should have been different. I think you've been hanging out with me too much. I think I'm I'm becoming a negative influence on you because I, I, I used to be similar myself. Like, well, why didn't we beat Kentucky 62 to nothing? But it's not the 62 to nothing. <laughs> like, it's just – it's like the little things and, like, I, I don't know. You – you look for more, like the way that the way Kirby coaches this team and the the way we saw them come out and play. This I think it's because of how we played, and then we get this primetime Big Bill game against Tennessee, 
and we come out and we show out and then we just don't the next week. And it's not, I, it, I don't want to think we're playing to our level of competition and I'm not taking literally anything away from Kentucky because Kentucky played a, a very good football game. I just, I, I don't know. It just, I'm not scared. I was never scared a second in that game. I just know what we have and what this team is capable of. So when they don't play to that level, it's mildly frustrating also that I flew there to watch it. I think <laughs> that might be it. But I think, and I know you're, you are, uh, you've been drinking the Kirby Kool Aid as long as I have. When Mark Rick was still in Athens, we I was both sipping we, his Kool Aid while he was in Alabama. Exactly. So, but I think a mistake you may be making, or what other dog fans might be making, is that yes, Georgia is the most dominant team in the nation, the most complete, premier football team in the nation. But Kirby Smart says it every week, and it's not just coach speak. He's like, man, the SEC is tough. These guys are good. Going on the road in the SEC and winning is hard. And he said it all week. He said, guys, Kentucky is good. They're a good, fundamentally sound, big, tough, physical football team. He's like, this is going to be our most physical game of the year. And and it was. Those guys are big, man. Chris Rodriguez, boy, I saw him carry like five guys for 10 yards. You yeah, know? but we, sh- we shut him down. I guess, man, I guess that's the other thing is that you you feel like, for me, you know, you stop them from running the ball and you force the pass. I feel like that plays into our hand. And for whatever reason, it did not play into our hand this time. And not to say that they, they crushed us or anything like that. They had 206 yards in the air, but we were stopping them from running the ball. And usually that's where, you know, we, we play, we get ourselves in the turnover game and we, we force them to pass and, and we take advantage and, and we did a little bit, but I, man, I don't know. I, I could be, I just was really amped up and I expected more, but I, it, I, I now guess you, you say this all the time. Did we win? Yeah, we did win. All right, there you go. But yeah, hey, I told our 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 friend uh, JB. She's a she's a she likes the mild cats. I call them the mild cats. But I texted her and I said, "Hey, man, that's a it's a good tough football game you guys played." And I said, "Hey, if Levis is is healthy and you don't lose those two studs on defense, I was like, I think you beat Georgia because that's how good Kentucky is this year. They they're they're down right now because they just had a a, a bad." unfortunate turn of events like really will levis has been struggling with those injuries for a while now kentucky should be sitting up there at nine and one ten and one they just found themselves with some unfortunate injuries and i'm telling you kentucky was georgia's besides tennessee georgia's best competition this year of of potentially taking them out because i said this uh i texted you this towards the end of the game and i know it probably won't happen but after and I've seen some highlights, and I watched some previews, and I and I know who Will Levis is. But after watching him play against Georgia, I said it wouldn't bother me if somehow, with the season playing out as it's playing out, the Falcons found themselves in a position to take him. It's probably not going to happen. Like the chances of it happening are very, very slim. But I like Will Levis. He was. I watched him all day stand tall in the pocket with pressure in his face. And he made some great throws. He's a big, strong like I told you right before we started recording. He's he's like a, a will a will. Man, I need just I'm, I'm excited. I just need to slow down a little bit. 
He's like a Ben Roethlisberger type. He's a big, strong quarterback with a bazooka for an arm. And 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 that was another thing, too, that the announcers kept saying during the whole game. If, if, if he had that capability to kind of tuck it and run, which we saw late in the game, if he'd have been able to do that all game, I, I still think Georgia would have been in trouble. That's what kind of talent I think we're dealing with here. I think he's going to translate well to the NFL, and I think he would do well with the Falcons. Like Again, Ben Roethlisberger type, big, strong kid that can take a hit. He'll give a hit. Because, again, if you watch the game you know, at home or if you went up there with Mark, the guy was standing in the pocket. He was taking pressure. He looked cool. He looked calm. He took some licks. He even took some licks as he was getting the ball off and completed the pass. And that's my kind of quarterback right there, man. I don't, you know, I love watching the uh, the Justin Fields of the worlds and, and the Michael Vicks and, and the guys that are electric. I mean, they can just, you know, take it and, and run 70 yards or they can hurt you with their legs. And I love all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I like those big, tough, smart, hard-nosed quarterbacks. And that's what Will Levis is. And again, I'm not going to, you know, I can wish upon a star and it probably ain't going to happen. But if he came to Atlanta, I would be, I would be pleased uh, so that's that's pretty much all I got on that. I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, he um he definitely he he definitely has potential and he definitely has next level potential. Um prototyp- prototypical size, uh for sure. Um but yeah, glad glad Georgia squeaked out a win. It's the nicest way I can say it. It was just it was it was a tough watch, but man, it was the weather was awful. Uh, most of the Kentucky fans prior to the game literally were like, man, we came to watch y'all play and just make sure you, uh, make sure you don't mess around and lose to us. Cause we don't want, we don't want Tennessee to get anything out of this. Yeah. And it, so it was, it was just, it, it was an interesting atmosphere. I just, I, I know they're a basketball school. We were actually at the gas station, went with a couple of tennis or a couple of Kentucky fans, uh, went with us up to the game. We were standing outside of the gas station, and I was talking to the two Kentucky fans through their window. Another Kentucky fan walks out of the gas station and goes, "Well, what the hell's going on here?" And I said, "Oh, oh, don't worry, sir. I'm just teaching them about football, but they're explaining basketball to me." And we all had a good laugh. But uh, it was a weird atmosphere. I know they're more of a basketball school, but like they're the the fans, the they weren't. It wasn't packed out. It was, Hell no, man. The whole there was a whole top corner of that stadium that was just chunk. empty. Yeah. It was a big chunk. I forgot to text you about that, but I saw it. There, there and it only holds sixty one thousand. Right. So, so you that's figure a small that thing is would be jammed. But again, I, I guess maybe after a couple of losses and then number one yeah. Georgia coming to town and, and it's thirty eight and, and the weather. Yeah, they're <laughs> like man, I don't know. Might have kept some people out of there, but I was expecting. Man, I just. I wanted the fans best. Like we're, we're going to get the football teams best every week. I wanted I wanted the fans to be in there because yeah. it's my first time uh, being in, in Lexington. Ain't so. too many folks coming out of the holler to watch the Wildcats get beat by Georgia in thirty eight degree weather. They're going to stay at home by the wood burning stove. <laughs> Man, you ain't wrong. Yes, and I they're just, very justified. I just in made doing a slide that. at Kentucky fans, but to to. to uh, to to say uh you know to to i don't know what i'm trying to say but long story short i just ragged on kentucky fans but my mother is from kentucky so she was born up in the mountains of kentucky as well as my grandmother so anyway i like kentucky but i'm also going to make fun of your crummy little football stadium 
Yeah, it was sixty-one thousand uh, seats. There's there's high school stadiums in Texas that are nicer than Kroger Field. <laughs> it, when we got there and we pulled in the parking lot, he's like, "So what do you think?" And I was like, "I think that there's." I literally said, "I think there's a high school about sixty yards from where I work that's about the same size," and everybody just started laughing. But like, no joke, we yeah, it's not big. Kroger Field's a dump. It's not a it's not a uh, a nice college football stadium by any stretch of the imagination. But I tell you what, drove by Rupp Arena on the way out, and that thing is badass. Oh yeah, yeah, Kentucky basketball. That's what you do. It's kind of like it reminds me of homeboy from uh, Wedding Crashers. You know, crap cakes and football. That's what Maryland does. I don't know what Kentucky does besides basketball. Cole. Maryland almost did football this week. Yeah, they did. But, man, Maryland, Maryland, I've said this for a long time, it looks like somebody threw their jerseys on the shelf of a Sherwin-Williams paint store and then an earthquake happened. They're, they're, they're just weird. But, yeah, they, they gave Ohio State a ride. Illinois gave Michigan a ride. Uh, but TCU, they, they got a ride too, but everybody held on. And it's not going to change much at the top. I, I think, you know, just in the regular rankings, Tennessee fell all the way down to eight. Alabama's hanging around at nine. So Tennessee and Bama are out. Georgia's going to be the only SEC school that gets in because I don't even care if LSU beats us in Atlanta. They're a two-loss team. Ain't happening. I don't care if you beat Georgia. You do not deserve to, and I'll say this, I I wouldn't care if it was Georgia. No two-loss team in the land anywhere is good enough to be in. One loss or less, that's what it takes for me anyway. Now watch, you know, watch what happens. LSU will uh, sneak up take down at uh georgia and somehow because even if georgia loses I don't like the, the way you're talking right now well you know it's college football and they they do some dumb shit um i mean i personally think we're going to win i was looking at tickets uh last night for the game because i can't decide if i want to drop a chunk of change and go or just cook some stuff up at the house and hang out with some fellow fans and watch it there well, just remember if we win that game we're gonna have another game in there for the uh two Two games, because I'm assuming we're gonna, you know, win that bowl game and head on to the big one. But yeah, I think it's in L. A. This but year. But I mean, I'm, but but that first bowl game will be in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. I just think the tickets will be even more insane. Uh, some of the, I mean, I was looking higher up, but then lower down, and you know, somewhere in in the two hundreds was around eight hundred bucks. The three hundred was around five hundred bucks, and I'm still just like, man, I love Georgia, and I want to be there for those moments. But good gravy, yeah, it's a lot. You know, like good, gra- and I can afford it, but it's also like, d- d- who cares? The uh, the national championship is going to be the one that uh, that's going to be painful in L.A. Well, my brother lives there, and I will straight up call him real quick. Say I'm flying out. We're going to watch the game together. I'm sleeping on your couch. Yeah, no, that's fine because you, yeah. you're going to need to save that money for the plane ticket and the ticket. Free lodging. Uh, I don't know that I would go inside the stadium. I think uh, you know, I'd be like, hey. Brotato, where's the coolest, where's the hippest sports bar in L.A.? Where's or, or Actually, you know what? Actually, he moved, but I don't think he moved too far. There is a Wild Wings on Hollywood Boulevard down by the Walk of Fame that has these uh, on Wednesdays, which, it, you know, the national championship is always on a Monday, so maybe they have some kind of special. But, like, the cheapest beer in L.A., I'll tell you that, you big 22-ouncers for, like, $4. Wild Wing? Yeah. In L.A. Heck, yeah, man. Right near the Hooters, down on the down on the strip, uh, the Walk of Fame. Right near, uh, right on one end of the Walk of Fame. There's a Wild Wing. I mean, maybe. Last time I was out there was 2017, but it was still there in 2017. Now it's 2022, so who knows? But long story short, 
it'd be pretty cool to be in the greater Los Angeles area somewhere watching that game. And if for some reason some kind of angel swooped in and, and there was a ticket that didn't make me want to pass out popped up, I might would take it. But who knows? None of that will probably happen, and I will probably uh, just grill something at home and watch the game. And, I, you know, I don't know who Georgia's going to play. We'll have to see how that shakes out. It's usually, was it one and four and two and three? Yep. We, we might get a shot at TCU. They're tough. They're tough, but I think we could take them. And then we would get a, a Michigan or an Ohio State. Oh, man, I, I. And I would love nothing more than to square off against the suck guys and just beat their ass. That's so. Here's what happens. And shut them all up. I'll just go ahead and let you know this right now. If if um TCU goes undefeated, it, we 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 play whoever loses out of Ohio State and Michigan in the first round. There's no way they're playing Michigan, Ohio State, and then Michigan, Ohio State again yeah. in the first week of the. Playoffs. Hey, I mean, no, we can no matter what we can pull Michigan's pants down and spank them again. I hope it's the other way. I'd like I mean, to pull the other one's pants down. Yeah, I think we could take Ohio State. Just I mean, a double up, double up, Marvin Harrison Jr. Just double him up, cover him up. But you know what? Just like Bill Belichick, just like Nick Saban, just like every other winning championship coach around. Kirby Smart and his crew are very good at taking away your best player. Yep. They're very good at, at, at taking away and suffocating what you do best. That's what they do. And if you don't think they haven't watched a little film on Ohio State, think again. They, You know they've watched film on Michigan. Uh, Michigan's, you know, not doing too much different than they did last year. They got a great defense, but they, they, they had this great defense last year, and we exposed them. They had a so, hor- – they had a – if I'm not mistaken – Somebody got injured in the Michigan game. Yeah, I don't remember who though, but he was pretty important. But Hutchinson was in there getting owned all day though. He didn't get hurt. He was quiet as a church mouse. I'm talking about I'm talking about this past on Saturday. Somebody from Michigan uh, got hurt. I'll have to I'll have to do my homework on that. I did not read that far. Jamari Um, Jamari Salyer put put pause on Aiden Hutchinson last year. Yeah, I watched him last night. Uh, play for the Bolts. Mm-hmm. Looking good. He looked good. So many, so many players in the NFL from from Georgia. It's uh, it's ridiculous. Them in Alabama, the, the SEC as a whole. But uh, you know who else played football this weekend? And uh, boy, it was another uh, wild ride. But I wonder if everybody still thinks that Justin Fields should be the quarterback in Atlanta because the Falcons topped the Bears twenty seven twenty four. It was a uh, Boy, it was a round and round. It was a slobber knocker, I guess you could say. But uh, I don't, you know, I didn't get again just because of things that go on. I had a birthday party to go to. You texted me early in the morning, and I knew you were probably going to ask me if I wasn't working. Did I want to come out to the game? But I had to go. What is it called? Jump zone or jump jump or jump launch or anyway sky zone yeah i had to go for a five-year-old birthday party yesterday uh valerie's uh cousin ashley her son her oldest son turned five so we went to that and it wasn't terrible i uh they have some kind of cool stuff in there i did but i also uh did you dunk a basketball no there were no basketballs they had these cool little projectors on the ground that would like uh project an ice hockey rink but you could kick the puck with your foot I don't know how that works. I I didn't uh, look at, I looked up and saw it, but like it literally was a projector and they had one with like a donut that you cleared stuff out and there were several different boards like that. And 
there was another one where you had a little net and you could catch a fish and slide it over. Like it was, it was you know, for what it was. But so I had you to get, tell everybody you went fishing. No, I I told everybody where what I did. But man, after I got out of there though, I, it just smelled like kid. Kids stink, man. Yeah, They're stinky little creatures. Yeah, it smelled like COVID and birthday cake. It was weird. I don't know. I mean, but but I, again, it wasn't complete. I wasn't completely miserable. I'm just out of my element when I'm in a facility with a bunch of parents and small children. Kids don't hold their farts, and yeah, <laughs> they don't. Uh, and you know this because you're a dad. Uh, but it was weird being in a. Um, it reminded me of some of the uh, fish shows I've seen as a kid. There were like these trippy looking octopuses from coming from the ceiling and, and weird little rides with narwhals and dolphins and music and lights and. Uh, it was just weird being in a room with a bunch of parents and kids uh, and, and a disco song called The Floor is Lava comes on. and Yeah, it was just a weird, <laughs> weird, it was just weird. I don't have kids. I'm never going to have kids. I don't relate well to children. Uh, my niece was there. She's she's like, 50, I think, 15 months. Uh, she's about 15 months old. So she had a good time, and we took pictures, and, then, you know, I had a couple slices of pizza. So uh, it wasn't a... A nightmare day. It wasn't a total loss. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, if if I had to choose, I would not uh, spend my Sundays regularly attending birthday parties for young kids. They're just, uh, they're nutty little creatures. But anyway, I digress. So, you went down there, of course. The Bird Gang tailgate was back, minus Mr. Sellers. Cause, it, w- it was not back. Oh, it wasn't back. I saw a picture. I thought it was back. But, oh, well, uh, I, so, whenever I go down there, we, we all like to take pictures where we tailgate and I usually park there whenever I can because I like to keep good relationships with our parking lot attendant guy um but yeah I took a picture there came flew in early in the morning came home had breakfast dropped my stuff off and I was working on trying to find somebody else to go to the game I put my tickets up for sale Hope, hoping that nobody was that that I would be able to sell them and then get my own ticket, but also because I thought I might fall asleep and miss the entire game and then lose out on the tickets. I didn't fall asleep. I made it down there for the game, and as I was walking in, I looked at my tickets and realized I had sold them both. So I stood outside, and I parlayed my two tickets into one better ticket and sat in the 200 level with some really cool Falcons fans. Um, but, yeah, I, good game. And all these games are hard fought. Uh, I was talking, I was by myself, so um, I, I was texting a lot of people while I was at the game who were watching the game and going back and forth. And, like, the, the overwhelming sentiment is that, like, a lot of people are in love with this Falcons team. Like, win, lose, whatever, like, the the team aspect of this Falcons and how these guys seem to just like, they got no quit in them. No matter what kind of adversity they face, they just keep going back out there and doing the same thing. Uh, Arthur Smith has these guys playing for each other. And like, even when we lose and it sucks because we don't, we don't lose by like a ton of points. Um, It's always a close game. It's always a one score game. It seems like, so like the, the losses hurt a little bit, but at the same time, like you, you pair that with what this Falcons team was "quote unquote" supposed to be this year, and it's it's so much different. But the atmosphere in there, and again, a lot of Bears fans in there, 
lot of people dressed up like Ditka. Um, but it the whole game or the whole week leading up to this game, all you heard about was, you know, Justin Fields' past few games and how we were going to have to stop. They're, they're number one in the league in rushing because of Justin Fields' addition to their their rushing stats. Um, but how we're going to have to stop that, how we're going to have to take him off the game. And our defense, man, you know, we gave up some plays, but, like, they came out and executed that game plan. They they hit Justin Fields. We had four sacks in the game. And if I'm not, I mean, if Justin Fields wasn't such an exceptional athlete, I think Lorenzo Carter would have hit him for maybe one or two more sacks in the game. I mean, it was back there. I think uh, Amir Abdullah, Arnold Abikati, Lorenzo Carter, and Grady Jarrett all got to him, but they all laid hits on him. You know, he you could tell from early in the game till late in the game, and he rushed the ball 17 times in the first half. Um Justin Fields did. So, like, he, it's a lot of wear and tear on a guy getting hit that many times by NFL defensive players. Um, so you could tell it was slowing him down in the second half. And, and those licks that they laid, they, they, you could tell there was a little bit of damage. I think he separated his shoulder or something towards the end yeah, of the game as well. Um, but overall, um, the Falcons, the Falcons had a very balanced game. Um, not overwhelming. We we had 150 rushing yards. They had 160 rushing yards. So both of us are under our average. But our our whole plan was to to slow them down uh, on the rushing side. And and they Justin Fields only had 128 yards passing. So I mean, where I say we were balanced, that's what we normally do. Um, we we slowed them down where they needed to be slowed down. Obviously, a couple mistakes, a couple miscues. A couple of fumbles um, put us in a bad position. We could have. I feel like that game could have been a little bit, a bit more out of hand on our end if if those plays don't happen because we were running the ball. I, I would say fairly easy. Like it just it it seemed like both teams, um, both teams were trying to run the ball and it wasn't it wasn't working like it normally did for us. I mean we averaged. By over five yards of play in the game, um, but I don't know the the defense to me they you know they come out a little bit extra because of the two fumbles. The Cordero Patterson, I, I I don't think if he doesn't fumble, I don't think he returns that kick. I don't think he sets the NFL record for kick return touchdowns. I was wondering when you were going to bring that up because that is by far the highlight of the day for me. Well, 100%. It was it was absolutely it was insane too because like that's the guy like when um Avery Williams fumbles that ball. Like he he's on his feet and he's just trying to do a little bit extra and that ball came out. When Cordero Patterson let the ball go, you could just you, it, it didn't you didn't expect that to happen and when it did, you could just you could just feel the frustration from everybody. And the next time they kicked that ball to him, like I man, he just he came out of that end zone like he was shot out of a cannon. Like you I didn't I didn't know that was gonna happen, but man, when once you, once he started going, he just seemed to keep getting faster every step he took down the field. Uh but the whole place went absolutely bananas and what a cool what a cool record to have. What a like all the names that have to be on that kick return mm-hmm. touchdown list. And I didn't look into it, but you know, your Devin Hester's, your Dion's, like 
um, all so many, so many in the name. But that to me, like that, that sparked it. Like after that happened, you know, everything from that point on seemed to like I, I wasn't worried. I wasn't worried about this game at all. And we seem to be doing exactly what we were doing. We, it, the conversations that I was having, it was just like, just imagine like what we're doing with what we have, what Arthur Smith and what Dean Pease and what these guys are doing with what we currently have. And once we add more talent into this mix, like what this could be. So every game I'm watching, I'm watching the game in front of me, and then I'm all I'm, I'm thinking about what what's coming down the road. And even it, the games aren't pretty. They're not pretty. I mean, I, 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 was, I was terrified when I thought Kyle Pitts got hurt. We don't know what's happening there, but he came out of the game. He didn't go back in. It looked like he hyperextended his knee. Like, hopefully he's okay. Um, I mean, even if he wasn't okay, he hasn't been much of a factor this year. Not, not because he's not good. He just, you know, right. if you don't have a Pitts out there at this point, kind of so what? Well, but at the same time, like that, that helps you. He helps you run the ball. Yeah, he does. I mean, you have to pay attention field. to him. Yeah, you gotta, you know, you have to. A player has to devote his. Where is Kyle Pitts? But again, and and I think just because he hasn't been, the, and he will be, he will be that player for sure. But he just hasn't this year. I mean, that's no secret. But I will say this for those of you that are wondering when you're going to see Desmond Ritter, the answer is never. Not while not while the Falcons are in a playoff hunt. Not while they're in the thick of a of a NFC South race. He ain't coming. So you better get used to Marcus because he's here. The only way you're going to see Ritter this season is if the Falcons hit the skids and find themselves out of contention. Yep, mathematical as, elimination. Yeah, as long as they're competitive, and and hey, everybody said two to four games. Nobody said the the Falcons would win more than four games. Not Vegas, not the NFL. I didn't see any, no, nobody. Adam Schefter, all those you know NFL guys, all the places you follow. I never saw anyone say the the Falcons would win more than four games. So they're already they've already exceeded expectations. I think they've got a few more wins in them. It's just so tough. You know the hey Washington six and five. That game next week is not a not a gimme game. Not at all. Then you got the Steelers. Uh, they're three and seven. Still not a gimme game, but you feel like it's more winnable. You know what? If Matt Ryan would have went to Pittsburgh, I think they'd be really good this year. That's all I'm. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, he he's from Exton, which is you know uh, from Pennsylvania, which is over near Philly more so. But I just think all the Steelers are missing is a good quarterback, and I'm not saying Kenny Pickett isn't a good quarterback. Oh, they have he's, a he's got small hands, but offensive line. Boy, I watched George Pickens yesterday, uh, looking awesome. He looked great. Boy, he gave Eli Apple his lunch. Well, everybody um, gives Eli Apple his lunch. So, you know, there's there's that. I, and that's just a side note. My my girlfriend's uh, dad is from Pittsburgh. He's a Steelers fan. And I just saw the Steelers-Falcons game come up. I think I think they can beat the Steelers. I'm, I feel like they could do that. And they're they going to have the, to do the same thing that they did in this game, though. They're going to have to get pressure, and they're going to have to abuse. They're going to have to take advantage of the weak offensive line in Pittsburgh to, to make that make sense because they do have weapons that can hurt you. They have a Najee. They have a George Pickens. Uh, they still have Deontay Johnson. They have Pat Firemuther, however you say his last name. Um, so I, all these, I feel like all the games are winnable, but none of them are going to be easy. That's just our, our lot in life right now. Eight and nine. That's what I say. Falcons go eight and nine. Eight and nine wild card? Possible. Yeah, you know, again, when you talk about the wild card, is that's when you get the – the crazy uh, string maze up on the cork board of 
well, Washington has to lose to Minnesota and this and this and this, and then the Falcons or whatever, you know, all those scenarios of how Falcons get into the wild card. But, hey, they could beat the Bucks for the last game of the season and, and win the South. Who freaking knows? Yep. Who really knows, man? But I will say this. I've always liked Chris Collinsworth, and, I, and I'm in the minority. Uh, a, a lot of people do not like to listen to him call a football game. They just don't. I don't know why. I think he's got a remarkable voice. But last night, I kind of came over to the other side. Hmm. Because I want to say it's – I'm pretty sure it's San Diego's – or not. they're not San Diego anymore. They're the L.A. Chargers. Their kicker's last name is Dicker. And every single stinking – and I feel like he made opportunities to say it, but he kept going, Dicker the kicker, Dicker the kicker. Well, that's what I they bet he said it in college. I, I get it, but Chris Collinsworth would not stop saying Dicker the kicker. And I'm just like, dude, it's not that cool. It's not funny. It's not witty. Yes, his last name is Dicker. And yes, he is, in fact, a kicker. Like, can we just move past it? Like, it's not, stop. Stop, stop trying to look for ways to say it, okay, dude? Like, I it, it was clearly it, he was looking for ways to say it. Any opportunity he got to bring it up and say the phrase, Dicker the Kicker. I can't imagine how it took you this long to get on the bandwagon. That guy's, that guy's like nails on a chalkboard to me. I, I mean, I've, I've always enjoyed listening to him call a game. I, I can't, you know, uh, I've, it's never bothered me until last night. I, and I looked, I was, and I was watching it in my big comfy lazy boy. I was just like, shut up. I said it to the, I was like, be quiet, dude. Just stop with that. Like, what are you doing? So anyway, the Falcons are playing ball. I mean, uh, 103 yard kick return. That's, that's pretty exciting. Anytime you get that and it's the record and they hang on, they beat the bears. They're five and six. Well, and you got to think too, that with that record, the other thing, uh, it's going to be hard to break that record. Just given how that, that happens in the NFL now, how the yeah. that portion of the game is looked at. Well, now you just uh, 104 yards. That's a long damn ways to run. <laughs> sure, but <laughs> you know, I mean, just I mean, most they're mostly touchbacks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're not yeah. getting a lot of kick returns in general. So to to break a touch kickoff return touchdown record is going to be difficult. But if <laughs> I heard uh, CP in his post game interview. And he was like, I, I need a couple more. I'm not done yet. I want to put this record, you know, out of reach. So. Oh, come on, man. Come on. I like his easy, style. Easy, buddy. I like his style. Easy, easy, easy. Okay, well, you know, Falcons are playing ball. They are, uh, they are doing well with what they have or doing the best they can with what they have. Everybody knows we need to upgrade on the talent side, both sides of the ball. It's no secret. The Falcons have money. Uh, cap money's fallen off. I, I, I think I think right now today at five and six, given what Arthur Smith and company are doing with what they have, I, I think the future is bright. I think the future can be bright. The only question we have is when this season is over and done and the dust settles, what do we do with Marcus Mariota? What do we do with Desmond Ritter? What do we do with the draft? I think those are the three biggest questions the Falcons Maybe not the most important questions the Falcons will face. I think those are the three biggest questions that will be asked of the Falcons is what next? What now? What are you going to do with Mariota? What are you going to do with Ritter? What's the draft? How are you setting the draft up? What, what are your biggest needs? Because that's an argument. I mean, God, Falcons fans could argue for that for, for 10 days straight and never, never get tired about what the Falcons need in the draft. Well, I think that's 
that's what this season's going to do for you. And, you know, there's speculation that, you know, they don't want to insert Desmond Ritter into the lineup right now. They're because we, we are in the hunt right now. They don't want to put that pressure on the young man right off the bat if they don't have to. Um, then there's the, he's not ready. And there, there's so many other things. I, I, I think those questions answer themselves at the draft. I think that's where you find out what the plan is for the upcoming year. And regardless of how it works out, you either have a known commodity in Marcus Mariota piloting your, your football team moving forward, or you have him as your backup quarterback who knows how to run the entire offense and can help mentor and coach. Now, it's a stopgap contract regardless. I, I, don't, I don't think anybody really thought Marcus Mariota was going to come in here, light the world on fire for two years, get a contract extension, and be our a quarterback of the future. Stranger things have happened, but like I don't think anybody was thinking that. Um, but I do think in the first round of next year's draft or, or even the second round, um, if you see a quarterback come off, I think that, that answers your question. Will Levis. I think that'll answer your Will question. Will Levis. <laughs> we I'm sold. See. That's my dude. I'd, I'd love to see that shake out because I think he's – One he's, 16-6 performance and all of a sudden he's the savior. I'm telling you, I like him, man. I just – I liked his – I liked just his makeup as a player. You know, he played tough the whole game. He didn't care that it was Georgia. I just I, – I like him. I like him. I think he's going to do well in the NFL, and and a lot of a lot of scouts are high on him. I just, but again, is he, he ain't coming? He' gonna be here. That's things like that don't happen in my world. I I, I could give you a list of of players that uh, that I could say could have had him. It just doesn't happen that way, and that's okay. We'll figure out. We'll figure it out. You know, well, we got pick, picking one guy to want to come to your team is kind of like playing the lottery. It is. Uh, well, th- not really. There's been wa- ways that it could happen over the years, and the Falcons just straight up said, mm, nah, let's skip him. And then somebody else takes him, and they do awesome, and they're great. And I go, well, he was right there for the Falcons to take, but they didn't do it. It's definitely Todd Gurley. He's talking about Todd Gurley. And and others. Mostly and Todd Gurley. And others. Mostly. That we could have had. But, yeah, Todd Gurley, I'm just saying, what, what, the, what could the Falcons have done with him in the backfield in his prime? Anyway, but that's you over. You know that's who we got. Water under the bridge. If we if we didn't have him, man, I'm just saying we would have been saying. much better. Yeah, but moving forward, moving on, onward and upward. I didn't ask this question earlier, so I might just leave it for another episode. I'll leave it for the next. It's a Braves question because we got excited and we went down our uh, you know twists and turns. But the Hawks played, and they played the Raptors, and uh, the the outcome was much better than last time. Yes. The Raptors, boy, they uh, they spanked us hardcore. Uh, but we take this one, one twenty four, one twenty two in OT. And, and the one thing that I, I watched in the game is, uh, and it was really the first half. Uh, Clint Capella, boy, was he was working that offensive glass. He was the uh, he was a superstar uh, in that game. I think he was a big piece. But the thing you liked the most was Mr. A.J. Griffin, I think, got at least 30 minutes. 30 minutes. 30 so. minutes of game time. And and caught that. I, I talk, told you this earlier. That the Falcons need to take a look at him, the way he uh, slipped coverage and got behind everybody yeah. on the last play of the game for that alley-oop from Trey to, to win in overtime. That shit was amazing. Um, 
That's fantastic. The the thing to like you watch the game and so it, it's always going to be defense for me that I'm that I'm looking at. I want I just always hope and pray that we can play better defense. Um so Toronto the reason why it's such a close game seemed like they could score at will throughout the game, but it also seemed like we could score at will throughout the game. So that was a little bit different from last time where we couldn't hit the broadside of a barn and they beat us by 30 friggin' points. Um, the, the box score, uh, at the end of the game, if we see box scores like this, um, and, and mind you, this is, this is Capella going 18 and 14, 18 points, 14 boards. You mentioned the, the rebounding. That's that's huge. We need that from him more so. But like it's always been a deficiency. Defense and rebounding has been the the Hawks' deficiency over the last few years. Mm-hmm. So Capella needs to the, the points come from the rebounds for him. Usually, he's not a huge part of the offense. He's a he's a pick and roll guy sometimes, but uh, it's the rebounds for him. John Collins. I I hate the fact that the the trade talks have already started involving John Collins, but it's the NBA. It is what it is. You knew it was coming at some point. Here we are, this early in the season. They're already talking about it. But whatever. So I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you for just one second and just ask, like, is this just something we're gonna do every year? Is I, this just what we do as Hawks fans? We just the season starts. We talk about trading Collins. We don't not, trade him. It's not him. It it's not Hawks fans talking about trading him. Hawks fans aren't saying get rid of John Collins. The NBA is reporting yeah, that uh, the Hawks are entertaining offers for John Collins. Well, that happens every year though. Like, is this so, well? It just this, it leads me to believe that there's something going on in the locker room. Like it, uh, there's got to be something else to it. Otherwise, I don't understand. Unless there's specific teams coming at us for John Collins and only for John Collins, because I'm sure people want to trade for people on our team all the time. I'm sure that it's just a thing that happens in the NBA. I don't know why it's always reported that the Hawks are shopping John Collins. I mean, this is like what third or fourth year in a row now Easy. that it started. You know, early like John Collins getting traded. Uh, the trade trade rumors abound, but it's it, swirling. It's it's fresh. It's frustrating because. One, it doesn't happen. Like, if you're going to talk about it, yeah. if you're going to make it awkward, then, like, go. If he's unhappy, if that's what it actually is, if he's unhappy, if he can't coexist with Trey, if he doesn't like the direction of the team, then, like, just trade him. Trade yeah. him. Like, I love John Collins on this basketball team. But if he's if, if it's affecting the team in a negative way, Trey's not going anywhere. If you guys can't coexist, then, like, obviously you're the one that has to leave in this scenario. I don't know what we get back for him. Uh, probably not what he's worth because he's worth a lot more than the nine points and 11 rebounds, but that's close to the double-double we're looking for from him. Um, Back to my stat whoring, um, 22 points and five rebounds from DeAndre Hunter, efficient from the field, played good defense. Trey Young, 33 points, uh, 12 assists, three rebounds. I think he shot 50% from three, and he had two turnovers. That's your Trey stat line. And I don't even care that he's in the 30s. It's the 10-plus assists, 20-plus points, and minimal turnovers. That's your stat line from Trey you need to see for this team to be effective all the time. Yeah, and they're going to be, man. I tell people, I mean, I, there's a guy I work with. He's a, he's a Philly guy. He likes the 76ers, but he's from there. And I, I tell him all the time, man, I, you know, uh, when we took down, uh, God, who would we beat? Beat them pretty good. The Bucks, 
Beat the Bucks uh, handily. Uh, he was like, "Yeah, I didn't expect that." And I was like, "The Hawks are good, man, and they're gonna be good." I don't. So I, you know, uh, uh, I think it's just taking a little time to to gel. And and again, maybe John Collins isn't vibing with the the team. Maybe he isn't. I don't know. I I mean, I was in the Zoom call during some of those, and I haven't gone lately because uh, I haven't just scheduled would not allow it. But I was in on some of those Zoom calls, and it, it, it seemed like everything was, uh, you know, in, in the reporters asking him questions and Coach Nate talking about him and Trey talking about him, DeJounte Murray. It sure seemed like that Collins is part of the team and an important piece of the team. I would love to know why the trade rumors start flying and people start reporting, oh, oh Collins is being shopped or, or he's going to get traded like it. And again, if it does happen, then it'll all come out in the wash. But I'm just saying, as someone who's been on a Zoom call inside of a room with important people from the Hawks team talking about it, I didn't. Now, again, they're not going to come out and say that. Trey Young's not going to sit in there and go, John Collins is a little bitch, man, and he's just not really fitting in well with the rest of the class. Right. Of course, they're going to give you that speak, but just you can tell – by people's body language and the tone of their voice and everything. I mean, John Collins, every time I've seen him in the, in the zoom room for the Hawks, he's seemed very relaxed and it, it seems like he's enjoying being there. Doesn't I, seem to be any trouble in paradise. Doesn't seem to be any friction or. Well, and that's why I said, and when, when the rumors start, like I, I just, I hate it because like that, that's got to wear on him. And if people are looking to trade for John Collins, then, like, that's one thing, and it's a business. You're going to entertain every offer. You have to take a look at it and see what see what it is, see if it will benefit your team in any way, shape, or form. But I just hate that it always seems to surround his name. Who would you want? Let's just go ahead and say it because everybody else is talking about it. If the Hawks are trading John Collins, who do you want? I, who, who do they need? So my thing is I, I don't know who's available. Like I, I'd like to know, like more specifically, like who's interested or what can we do. I, I know Jay Crowder's name was was tossed around in trade rumors earlier. I just don't, I don't understand what the what the trade off there would be. Like what, how does it benefit the Hawks? And if are we, are we moving him because we don't like how he's playing plus the contract that we gave him? Like I don't, I don't understand the motivation to move him. So I don't I don't know what they're looking for. I think I heard uh, shooting. They want they want another shooter, and I was like, well, okay, that's that should not be the goal. Another shooter should not be the goal. Uh, we need if if you're going to get rid of John Collins, maybe get a more a more solid power forward. Maybe get somebody who's less of a stretch and, and somebody who rebounds on a more consistent basis plays a little bit more defense and and we don't have to worry about like you can you can be a little lax on the scoring so long as you're giving me the defense and the rebounds because we that size is a thing that becomes a problem for us. We have we have John Collins, we have Big O and we have uh Clint Capella. That's I've seen it. I've seen Collins be a shooter though. Right. I've seen him put it up that, from 3. Like I've seen him shoot the basketball. Quite a bit. Right. Well, what I'm saying is, like, if you're going to take, like, the only one of three guys that, like, you can really consistently count on for, and not consistently count on, but, like, count on to, to get you rebounds and, and play against bigger players from other teams, like, I need some of that in return. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, 
care about like draft picks or anything like that. Currently, like I for this season, I need another body down low that's going to cause some havoc, that's going to disrupt some shots, that's not going to let people score on us at will. Like we've already got I mean, look at the way we play Giannis. Like like I need somebody that fits into that mold. I need somebody who's not going to back down from those guys. I need somebody to 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 play defense and get rebounds and you know scoring's a scoring's a plus but not a necessity. We got we have scores. We don't even have bogey back. But the way AJ Griffin's coming along, I mean he 17 points in 30 minutes, man. You were I, I didn't even think you're gonna get to play this year. I thought you're gonna get buried somewhere and and you know, people were gonna just spend the entire year molding you into mm-hmm. somebody who is gonna get a few more minutes the next year. So can't deny talent. You can't stop talent when no. when talent shows up, and he is uh, he has made his case, and he's making his case. And but that's what I'm saying. Like you, you, and I don't even know if shooter is what they're looking for. That's just what I read. I read an article saying that that if they shopped him, that that that's what they wanted in return, uh, a better shooter. And I, I mean, I, I, I need more information. I is where I'm at, I guess. But if you know, we didn't shoot well from three to start the season. So we've actually scaled back the number of attempts we're taking, which shows me that we're paying attention to that and that Coach Nate is is doing something about it. Like, I, you know, we have, we have guys that can and do shoot the three well on the team, but they aren't, so they're pulling it back and they're finding other ways to score and other ways yeah. to win. So... We're doing good. I I I don't know. I honestly I I feel like this is just all talk again about wanting to trade Collins, and I just don't that it's annoying to me because I don't want that that energy or that circling around his head because I, it's got to affect him in some way, shape. It's or counterproductive. Form. Yeah, no player wants to go into every season going well. What what what, what again with the trade talk? Okay. Well, and I, What's that? It make me want to go down to the front office and go, "What the fuck's going on, man?" Well, and I pay attention to basketball too, and I don't, I don't remember anybody with trade rumors swirling around their head as much as John Collins, like ever. I'm telling you, like we we just said it, like three, four seasons now. Has been like move him or don't. <laughs> like I just, I'm tired of hearing it. But and hey, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, it's it's early in the season, and uh, you know, I haven't seen any news of any proposed trades or what they would do i've just seen it reported that john collins trade rumors again so who knows point being falcons are good man i'm just all over the place today the hawks they're birds are, are just fine yeah they're both birds the war birds that's what i call them hawks are both they're fine gonna be fine the hawks are going to make the playoffs they're going to get better as the season progresses they are a very good basketball team that's all you need to know Atlanta. That's all you need to know. When they're just a God, we talked about them learning how to play together at the beginning of the year with the addition of Dejounte Murray, and now you have AJ coming along at a very quick pace. He's getting adjusted to being in the NBA and playing with all these new guys. So, like, man, this is just it. It should be, it should be a situation where you're like, man, this is going to be a great evolution to watch throughout the year. And I, you know me, man, I'm kind of itching to get back in a game. I'm, I may have to go see uh, Miami on Sunday. Oh, trust, trust and believe I will, I will attend some, uh, 
attend some Hawks games. I'm going to be down there. Uh, the countdown is on for spring training. Everybody's watching Dansby Swanson. Everybody's watching the Falcons. And what I don't want to happen is for people's feelings to get hurt. I think that's what I want. I want, I want everybody to just, it's been, it's been cool. It's been great that they're, they're outperforming, but don't just, don't get too excited Atlanta fans uh, seriously un- under like be happy that they're doing so well but don't don't go crazy we are talking about the Falcons right yeah don't don't go crazy and get and get way out there in the left field and when well, it when it doesn't happen you you climb back up on that tower again and, and you're ready to jump off and we all and, hopped on that roller coaster too though we we all we all saw the top of the hill and we we're like yeah this is really cool up here and then uh you know those two games in five days really humbled a lot of people but but at the same time like hopefully hopefully people are of the mindset that like okay like that was a that was a nice little reality check that was like a hey we're up here now we're here we're back where we where we normally are and now we can now we can see this team for exactly what it is and hopefully moving forward I, i feel like you're gonna see a lot of games just like the bears game i i we're not we're in the games like these some some go our way, some don't, but we're going to be in almost every single game. Our one real outlier is the Bengals game. The full full force of the Bengals wide receiving core and Joe Burrow in our completely depleted secondary was just a recipe for disaster. And other than that, we've been in every single game. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're going to continue to be. I, 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 you know, the Ravens might be a team that could really stick it to us. You know, looking at the schedule, that that could that could potentially be an ugly game. But you, I mean, you look at the schedule and you don't see one. You know, hey, the command we're five and six. Commanders are six and five. That's a winnable game. But like we talked about the other day, everybody in the NFL is good. Who makes the least mistakes? I think that's that's one thing the Falcons haven't really done all year. Maybe you could probably point out a game or two, but they haven't played mistake-free football. If the Falcons play mistake-free football, they probably win a lot more of these games. If they play mistake-free football, then you get the 49ers game. Yeah, you get the Saints game. So there's two more wins right there. Maybe even the the Rams game. That's not talk about. It's whatever. It could have, should have, would have, okay? The Falcons haven't played great mistake-free football. If they had been, they would be they would be better. So, but you look at it, if if you can if you can improve and play a mistake free game against Washington, you could win. Steelers are three and seven, but again, God, I mean, look at what the Cowboys did to the Vikings last night. It just goes to show you any given Sunday, you know, even though you can't look at records really in NFL, but can the Falcons is that a winnable game against the Steelers? Yes. Is it a winnable game against the Saints? Yes. Ravens, maybe not. Cardinals, four and six, winnable game. Bucks, five and five winnable game so you're looking at a lot of winnable games you just got to put it together and play mistake-free football which they haven't been very good at I think any Falcons fan would agree with me on that one they haven't played mistake-free football week in week out they haven't been consistent well and that is they've been consistently in games yeah while consistently not playing mistake-free football so like if that tells you anything like it the personnel we have is the personnel we have mistakes are made we're not a perfect football team but yeah. the fact that we do that we make these mistakes when Mariota's off and he's he's 
he makes some big mistakes sometimes, but like we're still in those games somehow, some way we stay in those games. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I didn't say that just to, to point out Mariota, but it's, it's a source of frustration because, you know, he makes that throw to Drake London in the back of the end zone running. And somebody pointed out the fact that if that was a Patrick Mahomes touchdown pass they'd be talking about it for three weeks but because it's Mariota on this Falcons team they're of just course. Gonna, they're just gonna look right over that but it it's one of those scenarios for me where you know you're you're building a team you're building these guys are playing together they're gonna get used to each other and it's just like the Hawks getting used to one another like once the mistakes are gonna scale back and then those games that that went the other way might not go the other way like it, it if you're looking for the future like that's it's a great thing to see. Yeah, and you know, we're over halfway through the season. It's going to be what it's going to be, and we'll have another Super Bowl. That's about how I see it now. Like I, I'm not. Uh, I don't want to say I'm not excited because I, I like the Falcons, but I'm I'm just I guess I'm just kind of on cruise control now. I'm just like let's just see how it on. I guess take it week by week is what I'm saying. I just take. Take it week by week because we don't know what we're going to get out of an – I mean, we do, but we don't. We know we're going to get a team that that plays above their talent level uh, probably because they've bought into what Arthur and Terry are doing and Dean Pease and all that. Like, they they love their coach. They're playing hard, and, and I think because maybe even it could be like, let's just make the best of the situation – this is, I think maybe those players are like, well, there's one of two things we could do. We can either play our hearts out every every weekend or we can just be miserable and, and get our ass kicked. So I, I think it's just one of those, hey, we know we're not that great. We know we need to uh, improve. We know we need some better talent. We know there are a lot of things that need to be cleaned up in the organization. We're aware of it. Yeah, it's year two but of a rebuild. Let's make the most of it and yeah. go play hard, and that's what they've done. They've made the most of it, and they've played hard. I think that's what you can say about the Atlanta Falcons. They haven't laid down and died. They haven't nope. said, oh, well, we're only supposed to win four games, so let's just let's – just, they're not phoning it in, and we've seen some NFL teams phone it in over the years. The Falcons are certainly not phoning it in. They're, I mean, you, you look at it, 27-24 Bears, 25-15 Panthers, 20-17 Chargers, 37-34 Panthers – Bengals 35-17 and beat us by a couple of scores. But, you know, they – so, again, kind of like you said, they've they've been in games and just barely lost them. I think I'd rather see a few more L's. I, I just want that high draft pick. That's all I'm – I just want it. For no other reason than I just I just want to to bring in another highly touted player. But, again – Sometimes Man. those guys are bust too. Sometimes you know, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like I've completely changed my outlook on the season. Like where I was Will Anderson or Bust, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter or Bust at the beginning of the year. Now I now I want this team to make the playoffs. I want I want the world to know what Arthur Smith is capable of. I want yeah. I want I want people to know who he is as a coach and and what is what this team did to get where it's getting. But in that draft pick, that man, it it'll be nice to get a big name player. But at the same time, I, I'd like the I'd like the bravado that comes with getting this team to the playoffs more. 
Yeah, but I also said, too, at the beginning of the season, I said, watch what will happen. The Falcons will be just good enough to uh, jockey themselves right into a mid-grade, <laughs> you know, middle of the road well, if that, <laughs> you know, draft pick. If that middle They'll of the be road, just good enough to ruin the draft. If that middle of the road pick is because we're a playoff team, I'm okay with it. If we end up in the middle of the road and we miss the playoffs, then it's it, it seems all for nothing. But... I still like the direction of the team. Yeah, and again, like we say on this show, step away from the ledge, go support your team, support the administration, especially the Falcons, because this is brand new. Arthur and Terry are about to, they're wrapping up their second season. They've already beat expectations being a five-win team. Just be patient, guys. Just back off and just enjoy. Hey, enjoy the fact you live somewhere that has an NFL team. Hmm. You know, some people don't. South Carolina doesn't have a pro team. I mean, they can drive up to Charlotte. Depending on where you live in South Carolina, it's not a terrible drive. You know, Alabama, Arkansas, Kentucky, Virginia. Depending on where you live in Virginia, you can go watch the, the Redskins play. But, hey, some people don't have pro football, so... Be, be, be fortunate. It's all about perspective. We have, we have several amazing professional franchises here in this town, and uh, they're, they're fun to go watch and they're fun to follow. But please, try to keep a level head about it. <laughs> That's all I'll say going, going into the holidays. Real quick, what are you doing? Holidays, go, shoot. Uh, brothers-in-laws, potluck Thanksgiving. Looking forward to it. Yep. Watch some football in a little theater. All right. Sweet. I told you guys what I was doing already, uh, uh, decorating the tree. I'll mostly just blah, blah, be blah. playing with my nephew. That's yeah. that's really what my Thanksgiving's all about. This one, actually, uh, Thursday, it's just me, Valerie, and Merle. That's it. Just us at home. And then the, the big family get together with some friends is the 27th. That's Sunday. So Thursday is just us. Roaring fire, turkey, ham, dressing, probably a bottle of red, and some Christmas movies and some decorations. So it's going to be a fun Fun holiday, but man, we're leaving you with about 90 minutes to tide you over through the holidays. You can listen to this with your family. Don't You don't have to listen to it all at the same time. Put us on while you're cooking. Put us on, you know, hey, if it's an, if it gets to be an awkward dinner, fire us up and just, uh, you know. If, <laughs> put us on while you're tossing the pigskin around in the we yard. We make excellent background music. Now, you're not going to be that uncle that takes the, uh, the, the football, uh, the yard football games way too seriously, are you? God, no. Okay, good. Just making sure. Just making sure. Don't be that uncle that shows up, you know, and with a with a headband and a mouth guard, ready to ready to crush your nephews. But he's tiny too. He's a he's not big enough he's, for football yet. He's he's, he's about big. as big as a football. Yep. <laughs> he's so. growing fast, but he's uh yeah no we I don't think we'll ever have to really worry about backyard football, but um just not enough not enough people. Yeah. But that being said, this Thursday, for me, officially, 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 for some it started, but for me, I officially see it as the, uh, to, to stay with the sports theme, this is the kickoff into the holiday season. We kick off holiday uh, excitement, whatever you do, you know, parties, going shopping, decorating, putting the lights up, the whole rigmarole that is the holiday season kicks off on Thursday and man, I've already got my I've already got my cards lined up. Rudolph, Christmas story, 
all the fun ones. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, well, well, okay, this is what we'll leave with. Holiday films. Holiday Christmas films. Give me, give me three. Give me three of your go-tos. Elf, Die Hard. Christmas Vacation. All right. I've got a ton of them. And I found a new one the other night that me and the me and the girlfriend, uh, we made a fire and I cooked some fillets. Uh, it was great. We we bundled up in front of the fire and we watched one called Arthur Christmas that was pretty pretty good. I love Christmas movies, man. I also love Bad Santa and the Night Before. Never seen the night before, saw Bad Santa once. I was it was okay. I think I I think I just like the traditional ones, the feel good ones. I like the feel good Christmas movies. Bad Santa was funny, but I was also like, man, come on, man, this ain't it's not Santa. This isn't Christmas. The the night before, it's a it's a good watch. I highly recommend. Check it, it. out. Uh, what about the Adam Sandler one? Eight Crazy Nights. I've never seen that one. Maybe I'll check that one out. But animated. Yeah, I love the I love the old school like Frosty, Santa Claus is coming to town, Rudolph, A Christmas Story, Elf's a good one. Uh, man, I'm gonna find a bunch. I'm just that's all I'm gonna be doing is sitting by the fireplace in the living room, doing doing Christmas movies. I love Christmas movies. Alicia so, Keys put out a uh, a Christmas album too. Just and to Mariah that. Carey has emerged from the ocean. She'll go back shortly after Christmas is over. But yeah, supposed to say her name. The holiday tunes, the gifts, the lights, the Christmas light shows, botanical gardens, and Atlanta has a great one. The holidays are here. And we hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday and a wonderful holiday season, a safe one. Everybody be good, be safe, be careful, and we'll see you next week. We love you, Atlanta. Do you believe? 